It is a three-hour show. We start hour number three. Nice to have you here. Good afternoon. Good morning, wherever you are. I am Jim Rome. I'm in Southern California. Really quickly, having a good phone call today, so let me hit you up with that number one more time. 1-800-636-8686. We are on to the divisional round. So a ton to talk about regarding the matchups and what's already happened. Coaching carousel is insane. I want to hit on that, too. So we're joined right now by an NFL Network insider. He is also the co-host of The Insiders. Weekdays, noon to 1 p.m. Eastern on NFL Plus and 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. Of course, I'm talking about Tom Pelissero, always a very busy man. Tom, thank you very much for making time for us once again. How you doing, Tom? I'm good, Jim. It's been a uh, an interesting couple of weeks in the NFL, to say the least, and we're not even close to done. Man, well said. It has been amazing. It's been a fascinating couple of weeks. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Why don't we start, Tom, with the Steeler fans? Because they've been calling this show, probably hitting you up as well, and hitting social media for weeks, calling for Mike Tomlin's firing. Yesterday, he abruptly walked off the podium when he was asked about his future. In fact, the reporter didn't even get to asking about his future after that loss. I'm curious, what was your reaction to that, and what are you hearing about his coaching plans? I thought it was unusual for Mike to not just stand in and answer the question. In 17 years, I don't remember him walking off the podium to a whole lot. And you know, But there's also not been a time in his Steelers career, Jim, where he's had one year left on his contract because the Steelers always do it two years out. Now, that's not a sign... The Pittsburgh's going to be looking to move on. Let's be very clear. If if Mike Tomlin is not the Steelers head coach in 2024, that is going to be spearheaded by Mike Tomlin himself. If it's just 17 years and he's got, he feels like it's the right time to move on, if there's another opportunity out there, whatever it might be, it's going to be on Tomlin. This is not how Art Rooney and the Rooney family do, do business. It's not how the Steelers do business. They're not going to contemplate a trade or anything else. There's some things they got to sort out. Even if he's there, he's going to need an offensive coordinator. Certainly there's going to be some different roster things. There's a big quarterback question after Kenny Pickett got benched late in the season and they let Mason Rudolph roll into the playoffs. But the idea that Mike Tomlin is going to be fired is you know, beyond far-fetched. It's just not something that the Steelers do. But clearly, there's something here, and we'll find out in the days to come exactly what that is. Tom Palacero is joining us. All right, so what about the Cowboys, Tom? Like, the Cowboy players offered strong support for their embattled head coach, Mike McCarthy. How do you think that Jerry Jones, though, feels about McCarthy right about now? And ultimately, what do you think Jones is going to do with that situation? Everything I've been told is that Jerry Jones did not and does not want to make a change. When he said after the game he hadn't thought about that for one second, that's the truth. Because in Jerry's mind, this is a team that he thought could potentially be a Super Bowl team. Instead, they played the worst game that they've played by far the entire season on a big stage against the Packers, who went right down the field on the opening drive. They seemed to have more energy. They seemed to have more physicality. You had things happening with the Cowboys, like C.D. Lamb. I mean, Jim, what was the last time you saw the star receiver of a team, the number one guy maybe in the entire league this season, who after the first drive is getting talked to by his quarterback and talked to by his head coach. He he seems extremely frustrated. There were just a lot of things that from go in that game just didn't look right. So what does Jerry do? You know, Mike McCarthy's the first Cowboys coach to ever win 12 games in each of his first three seasons. He took over the play-calling duties uh, this year and immediately had the number one offense in the league. Dak played his best football, and you heard Dak come up publicly in support of Mike McCarthy. 
you're disappointed about what happened in the postseason, I would say this. Jerry's always thinking. Jerry's always thinking about the Cowboys brand. He's always thinking about bigger and better. He knows he's got a really, really good head coach in Mike McCarthy. My sense, Jim, and this is just me understanding the situation, talking to people, my sense is Jerry's not going to move on from Mike McCarthy unless he is certain he gets an upgrade. And obviously this is the rare year where there are some really, really big-name coaches out there who some could argue would be worth putting it all on the line when you seem to have the arrow pointing up in every direction except the postseason and potentially make a change. Mm, Tom Pelissero is joining us right now. It's an interesting thought. Tom, what about Philadelphia then? You talked about Jerry Jones. Now he sees his coach. What about Jeffrey Lurie? What do you think that he sees when he looks at Nick Sirianni now and the way they finish the year? I mean, Jeffrey Lurie, every time they showed him on TV last night, had that 1,000-yard stare. You know that he's curious about the way that things went. It's a team that was 10-1 and one. out of the gate. They lose six of their last seven. Again, three years, three playoff spots for Nick Sirianni less than a year ago. He's in the Super Bowl. But the, it was the way they lost six of those last seven games. It was the way that they seemed to crumble. You know, whether it was physical, emotional, mental, all the above, there was just something missing with the Eagles down the stretch of the season. Now, anytime that you lose both your offensive and defensive coordinator, that's going to have an impact. That's what happened, obviously, after the Super Bowl last year. Jonathan Gannon goes to Arizona. Shane Steichen goes to Indianapolis. They hire Sean Desai, who gets stripped of play-calling duties, when, by the way, the Eagles were still playing pretty good at that point on defense, and they were still winning games offensively. You know, Brian Johnson gets promoted. He's very close with Jalen Hurts. Whatever it was, everything didn't line up the way that they were anticipating here. Howie Roseman is very aggressive as a general manager. He's always thinking about the next move. If he believes that the best way to proceed here is to go out and take a swing at a big-time, big-name coach, he's not going to be afraid to do it. I've not heard anything to this point to say that is what's going to happen. These are complicated discussions that have to happen with Jeffrey Lurie. you got some older players on the team. Jason Kelsey, at least as of now, plans to walk away. There's a lot of question marks with Philadelphia that's beyond the head coach, but either way, whether Nick Sirianni stays or not, you're going to have big changes in Philadelphia. Have to. Tom Pelissero joining us. You know, Tom, it's not very often that you see a couple of teams, and again, both of these teams still have their head coach. I'm not saying these jobs are open just yet. They may or may not be. It's not often you see really good jobs open up like that, but then again, it's not often that you see the alleged greatest coach ever come free and available the way Bill Belichick has. What are you hearing about Belichick? What do you think is the most logical destination for him? So I found out over the weekend that Bill Belichick and Arthur Blank were meeting face-to-face, and I know the Falcons finally announced that last night at halftime of uh, one of the games, You know, saying that they interviewed Bill Belichick for the position. Listen, if you're talking to Bill Belichick, that's not an interview. That is a conversation about how would we move forward. Would this work? Because Bill has won one way for a very long time in terms of the structure of the organization, in terms of his control over personnel, and other aspects of the organization um, in terms of the resources that he would need. You know, those are all things that him and Arthur Blank need to discuss or him and any owner are going to need to discuss. In Arthur Blank, you've got an 81-year-old guy who wants to win right now, was frustrated with Arthur Smith, frustrated with three straight seven-win seasons, frustrated that they did not achieve at a higher level this year, especially, you know, on the offensive side of the ball where you use three consecutive top ten picks on skill players and you still aren't very good offensively. They haven't invested in the quarterback position, no matter who's the head coach there. Uh, 
they're going to need to obviously address that. But with Belichick, it, it seems like there's so much that lines up in this situation in terms of the type of owner that he's getting with here, in terms of the personnel that's in place, in terms of the resources, salary cap and otherwise, because they've really cleaned that up uh, in Atlanta in recent years. And in a division where I know the Bucks have gotten hot here and they're down into the division round, you're looking and saying, I, I think we can be good pretty immediately. Belichick's not, for all the speculation, I, I do not foresee him walking into a Washington, despite all the resources they have, and saying we're going to go ground up, rebuild, and we're going to build this thing over the next three years. If Belichick's coaching, he wants to take down the records, he wants to be number one on that list, he's got two or three years probably left in him to do it. Atlanta lines up but there quite possibly are going to be some other teams that emerge out of the woodwork here too. Tom, do you think he could win a Super Bowl in Atlanta in the next three years? And how important is that to him? Tell me who his quarterback is. That's going to be the biggest question in this whole deal. It's not going to be Desmond Ritter. He'll probably get a fresh start somewhere else. It's not going to be Taylor Heineke. you got a pretty short list of free agent quarterbacks, Jim, in this next offseason here. It's Kirk Cousins. It's Baker. It's Tannehill. And then you're down into some of those you know, guys that are probably backups like the Flacco's and Minshew's and Carson Wentz and Darnold. You know, the draft, you're going to have a high pick. You potentially can go and get one. But Bill did that a couple of years ago when he drafted Mac Jones. And that went so far south that Mac got devoted to third string in Belichick's final game with the Patriots here. Could you trade for somebody? The Raiders are going to have to unload Jimmy Garoppolo. Would that even be in play or would Belichick be conscientious of the idea that, oh, they're trying to do the whole New England thing again in this new place? You know, there's some other names. You know, does Justin Fields potentially uh, become available here? Could a Daniel Jones be available? There's a lot of different names. But if you're thinking about getting a quarterback this year, you better be prepared to draft one high and take your lumps or to shell out $45, $50 million a year for Kirk Cousins or else you have to trade for somebody. Those are the options. There's not a lot of dudes just walking on the street right now. Tom Pelissero joining us. You mentioned the Raiders. Before I let you go, I'm going to go back because you have a report on them that I want to ask you about. But you mentioned Kirk Cousins. Tom, do you think if you're Miami, are they thinking about what that offense might look like with Kirk Cousins? Or do you think they're going to play out that fifth year with Tua and see how he does? Like, how do they approach it? He's got 24, I think it is, million dollars guaranteed on that option year. You're committed to that under the new CBA. So that's fully guaranteed. Uh, All indications right now are that they want to continue to proceed with Tua. But, you know, anytime you're a head coach entering year three, like Mike McDaniel is, that's a pivot type of a year. Because usually after year three, if it hasn't happened already, you either get a contract extension or your contract gets terminated. So was it Tua that necessarily was the thing that held them back from winning more down the stretch of the season? He was healthy. He was very efficient uh, in the early stages of the season. They were banged up a lot down the stretch. They didn't have Waddle. They didn't have Mostert. They got those guys back, but they're playing in an igloo in Kansas City, and I don't know if that was really conducive to playing the style of football that they want. You know, Do they have to become a more physical type of football team as opposed to a finesse team? Miami ran the ball almost as good as anybody in the league when they were on this season, but when it came down to it in the playoffs, they didn't quite have that. It's, it's a unique thing, Jim. There's no question about it, because two is another one of those guys. If if the Dolphins did say, you know what, we're going to move on from them, there would be a market, because there just aren't enough of these guys that are going to be out there. And even if you like a Caleb Williams, you like a, a Drake May, you like a Michael Penix, whatever it is, do you feel 100% confident that guy can step in 
and play for you right now? Those are the questions that are going to loom large over this entire offseason. I mean, Jim, we still got seven head coaching spots so far that are available that we still got to fill. We still got five GM spots that we got to fill. And then we've got some of the biggest names in the game, you know, between Russell Wilson and Justin Fields. What's the future of Mac Jones? What's the future of Daniel Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo? What happens with Geno Smith with the new coaching staff? Cousins, Mayfield. I mean, this is going to be bonkers, man. And we are already way into bonkers territory with what's going on in the coaching cycle. Tom, I don't see you sleeping for at least four more months. One last thought. I mentioned the Raiders. You reported Sunday that Leslie Frazier was scheduled to interview with the Raiders today. Players like Max Crosby and Devontae Adams have both called for the hiring of Antonio Pierce full-time. Where do you think Mark Davis's head is at right now? And how legitimate a shot does Pierce have of getting that gig full-time? Well, first of all, I'm Leslie Frazier. I've known Les for a long time. I live in Minneapolis. He was the head coach of the Vikings, one of the greatest people you'll ever meet in the NFL, well-deserving of a shot. Secondly, when it comes to the Raiders' process here, even though they have an interim head coach who's a minority, they still have to fulfill the Rooney rule. They still have to do multiple external minority candidates that they interview in person for the job. And so I'm not saying that's what's going on with Leslie Frazier right now. I'm just saying that would be a step toward hiring Antonio Pierce, which, based upon all the conversations I've had, certainly seems like the direction that this is headed. Mark Davis has long believed in Las Vegas. You need a big name on the marquee to draw people in. He went and got John Gruden. He went and got Josh McDaniels. Neither of those worked out for vastly different reasons. Does Antonio Pierce have that same cachet in the name? No, but he went five and four down the stretch and Raiders fans got fired up. And Mark Davis certainly at this point is feeling external pressure from the media, from fans, and internal pressure in his own locker room to the point that we reported over the weekend, Max Crosby's probably requesting a trade if Antonio Pierce doesn't get the job. The Raiders are a player-driven, player-run type of an organization. Remember, Mark Davis was a kid you know, his dad, Al, one of the luminaries of the sport. But Mark grew up around the players. He didn't grow up on the front office. He initially grew up being around the players. He still identifies with the players. That's why he was asking them what to do prior to firing Josh McDaniels. That's why he certainly is conscientious of their opinions right now. And so it's going to be fascinating to see exactly what direction this goes. But Antonio Pierce seems to be in very good position to be the head coach of the Raiders. I would say in reaction to that, Tom, it's not a reason to hire Antonio Pierce. Like, if he doesn't have a lot to bring to it, you don't hire him. But I think he does have something to bring to it. But if I'm Mark Davis and I hear Max Crosby intimating or actually saying, if you don't bring this guy in, I want out, man. That would terrify me. That would terrify me. I think there's something to that. He is an NFL Network insider. He is all over all of this. Hey, Tom, can't say how much I appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. I know how many platforms you're on. Thank Thank you very much for making time for that, and a great job as always. You got it, Jim. Any time for you, man. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you very much. I mean that. He is so busy and on so many platforms, and what a great job he just did once again. Tom Pellicero, NFL Network Insider, once again the co-host of The Insiders. Weekdays, noon to 1 p.m. Eastern on NFL+, Plus, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network, and covering a lot of ground. Man, if I were Mark Davis and Big Max came into my office and said, hey, yo, you got a minute. You got a minute, big guy. Hey, listen, it's uh, me or him. Uh, I don't know. If Devontae and Max are both saying, we want that guy. And I'm not saying that Devontae said this. But if both those guys are together saying, 
We want that guy. And by the way, we're not sure we want to be here if you don't hire that guy. That's tough. Unless Mark Davis can say, guys, guys, I got a plan. Here's my plan. Hear me out. But for Antonio Pierce, that's a real good thing, obviously. Raider fan, you're more than welcome to jump into this conversation. I'm always happy to hear from Raider fan. And another thing. Raider Mike. Raider Mike's got important things to do, or I know I'd hear from him. All right, so we're open the rest of the way. Mafia, Bill's Mafia, I want to talk about your win yesterday. Where does that leave you? Are you back on path? Are you once again a Super Bowl threat? Are you maybe even the ones to beat now? We'll get into that when we come back. And as I mentioned, it's been a good phone call day. Hit me up. 1-800-636-8686. More from SoCal when we return. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. Did you know that Discover wants everybody to feel special? That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. All right, so what's your reaction to what Tom Pellicero had to say regarding the hood? So if what he said about Jerry Jones is, Jerry Jones actually was telling the truth. He hadn't thought about what to do with the head coach. He didn't think he had a head coaching problem. Jerry Jones thought he had a Super Bowl team, and it wasn't until they got knocked the hell out by Green Bay that he realized, we don't have a Super Bowl team. And in fact, we may have a coaching problem because we weren't ready to play. He didn't think he had a coaching problem. So maybe he still doesn't think so. What about Philadelphia? Did you see Jeffrey Lurie last night? I have never seen a more miserable-looking human being, and I understand why. Man, that dude looked furious. Furious. Furious enough to fire Nick Sirianni. I don't know. So where does that leave Belichick? You know, Tom Pelissero said that he met with Arthur Blank, and you wouldn't really call it an interview. No. Unless it's Belichick interviewing the billionaire owner, Right. But he made it sound like that might be a good fit because Arthur Blank is 81. Arthur Blank is very frustrated. Arthur Blank does want to win. Therefore, Arthur Blank might be more willing to hand over some of that control and authority that others might not be willing to. All of a sudden, that starts to make some sense. Except, And he made the argument that you're in an easier division. All true. Except who's your quarterback? Who is your quarterback if you're the Falcons? Now, is Arthur Blank can do whatever he can to get Bill Belichick quarterback? I'm sure Belichick would say, all right, this could work. This might work. Here's what I need. A quarterback. What are you going to do to get me a quarterback? I don't know. Bill, what's your plan for getting a quarterback? Who would you target for a quarterback? Hey, and one thing about the hood, the goat, do you really trust him with personnel matters? Have you seen what he's done in recent years With the Patriots, does that look like a talented football team to you? Do you see playmakers on either side of the ball? Look at what he's done with his draft. Look at what he's done with free agency. 
Yeah, I don't know that I'd be so quick to hand over control of the operation to this guy, honestly, even though he's the GOAT. I'm not going to go back and rehash all that. You should. Uh, I think it's fascinating. So where does he end up? Back to Tomlin. Does Tomlin want to finish up with Pittsburgh? He just said, Tom Pelissero, the Roonies are not going to fire him. That's not how they operate. That's not how they work. As much as the fan base is beside itself, they're not going to fire him. He said, Tom Pelissero, that if Mike Tomlin is coaching somewhere else in 2024, it's going to be because Mike Tomlin found a situation he liked better. I don't know, if I came to work every single day and the entire city said I sucked, I might find a situation that's better than the one I have. So maybe. Incredible. How many openings, how many quality coaches are available, how many players may be available, who might be on the move, quarterbacks, draft potential. It it is an amazing time in the NFL. And remember that whole notion that the NFL ultimately would get too fat and then it would just die? You know, like Mark Cuban said back in the day, I love cubes, love cubes. But Mark Cuban said about a decade ago that, you know, what happens to hogs. They get too fat. They get slaughtered. Yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) The NFL has never been stronger. Hence, them putting a playoff game on Peacock and getting over 100 mil for that. Why? Because they can. NFL has never been more intriguing. Now, the ref show has never been worse. I'd even argue this. I'd even argue this. The playoff games outside of the Rams and the Lions have sucked. They have not been good games. The storylines have been really interesting, but the games have not been good games so far. I mean, kind of like the NBA playoffs. And it doesn't even matter. It's the NFL. It doesn't even matter. Let's go to the phones. Who do you like here, Tommy? I'm going to put it on you, EP. Come on, Ivy. Let's go to NoCal. Scott in NoCal. What's going on, Scott? How are you? Jimmy, I'm fine. How are you? Super. Awesome. You know what? Thank you um, to everybody and uh, for putting me on. Um, anyways, what I'm saying here is I would... I'm, I'm loving the fact that you, I'm starting different. I'm loving the fact that you took all the opposites that, that the big head took and won. It was so brilliant. And I, 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 I literally love that. Yo, what my I man, need to yo, my to man not to interrupt you, but not nearly as much as I love that. But thank you for pointing that out. I'm with you. Well, what I need to point out is dearest, dearest Green Bay fan, I hate to point this out to you, but you have no chance next week. The Niners are going to destroy you. Going on. And to say that I didn't have a bit of schadenfreude watching the, the Dallas lose is an understatement. I really did. I loved watching them lose. But the fact is, it, you know, there's just nobody that's going to even come close to the Niners in the NFC. Not even close. I also think that Belichick is going to go to Jarrah's team only because Jarrah wants to 
have that record in his back pocket. And so there you have it. That's what I have. Um, I'd, I'd like to war a couple of things, but I don't have any wars or anything like that. I mean, war, um, uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, the guy that just, Michigan man, there you have it. War him for not having anything to say. There you have it. <laughs> Rack him, my man. War. Okay. Uh, I'd like to war something, but I have nothing to war. No, wait a minute. War that, that, that Michigan man for not having anything to say. There you have it. That was fun. Nice job, Scott. Even better than last time when you called, and I think you went blah, 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 blah. But if you blah, can say blah, it with blah, that kind of blah, accent blah, and say it. Blah, blah, blah. You see? Blah, and say blah, it like that. Blah, I would have rocked that blah, call, too, blah, if blah. I didn't. Blah, blah, right blah, blah. I think I did blah, rock that call, didn't blah, I? Blah, blah, blah. My man. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. I like the way you pick your spots, blah, but you're blah, welcome blah, to call more blah, often. Blah, hey, blah. You know, it's got rack him. One of the better calls today. Right it, it probably right was one of the better calls that day. Just that guy with that accent going blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. War, blah. Blah, blah, war, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. He said Green Bay's got something coming. They don't know what awaits them. They do. They do. Green Bay knows what's up. They know exactly what awaits them in NoCal. A team that's got the number one seed, that had a week off, that's had two weeks to get ready for whoever they were going to play. Arguably the most complete team in the NFL right now. They know. They know. However, San Francisco also knows what's coming. A really good Green Bay team that's getting better and better and better. A young team that's not afraid. <laughs> Dude, that was pretty funny. More that that Michigan man. You know what? He actually made an interesting point. He said, I think that Jerry's going to want Bill Belichick because he's going to want that record. Yeah, I don't know. It took him like 30 years to put Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor. But he is about marketing, right? He is about people talking about him and his team and his brand. It would be pretty interesting to see Belichick hit that record. See, the thing about Belichick, Tommy and I were talking about this last night. The Belichick anywhere other than the Patriots is so out of context. It's so weird. It's so weird. I don't care that you can see those grainy, gritty video clips of him with Cleveland. Just seeing this guy anywhere is weird. But seeing him, I don't know why I keep going back to this in my own mind. I haven't said this on the air. But seeing him in Atlanta gear, and this is going to sound crazy, but it just reminds me of like Jerry Glanville. Like Jerry Glanville in black. It just seems so weird, even though that's where he did his thing. I don't know, like Belichick in black and red? But then again, Belichick in any colors other than Patriot colors is so weird. Or how about him in Eagles green? Even Parcells we saw in, with the star on the side of his helmet. Not his helmet, but you know what I'm saying, the, the Dallas Cowboy colors. Even, even we saw that. But... Belichick in any colors is so weird. So weird. And what about the Chargers? Notice you're not hearing any kind of noise about them being interested in him. But maybe Harbaugh. Are you going to pay the going rate for Harbaugh? Are you going to pay the freight for Harbaugh? Harbaugh doesn't come cheaply. 
I got to think that Justin Herbert is not against that. There's no way you bring in a head coach without checking with Justin Herbert, right? The coaching carousel is incredible. And then what do you do with Baker Mayfield? If you're Tampa Bay, you give him some money. You hook him up. He earned it. What about Kirk Cousins? What's going to happen to him? What about Justin Fields? What's going to happen to him? What about Caleb Williams? Making some noise about maybe not wanting to go to Chicago. Would he pull an Eli Manning and say, I'm not coming. I'm not showing up. This is what I mean about the NFL. The storylines are crazy. Like for months, there is no offseason. There really isn't. All right, Mafia, I'll say it for the fifth time. I have not forgotten about you. I just haven't gotten to you yet. All right, when we come back, one last segment. Phone calls. I like it. Y'all have done a pretty good job today. Hit me up. Let me see really quickly about tomorrow. Good day tomorrow. Got some good stuff for you tomorrow. You know, on this show, I famously have said, more of me and less of you is good for the program. Still true. However, you have your moments. You have your days. And as I also like to say, sometimes I'm going to play that hot hand. It's been a good day with the phone calls. Normally, I limit the phone calls because they don't make it better. Today, they're making it better. So I will put aside what I wanted to say or what I was going to say and go back to you. Let's go to Tampa. Ryan. Great to have you, Ryan. What's going on? Hey, thanks for the call, Jim. For a quick congratulations to Coach Dayball for probably being the only NFC East coach to save his job. Hell of a job this year, Coach. I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere. I don't know what it is. But really, Jim, I wanted to congratulate you for being – I know once you said you think you're the only voice in the national media that Ted Baker's back. I don't want to correct the host, but let me correct the host. You are the only voice that Ted Baker's back. Now here we are. Two games away from the Super Bowl. Baker gets signed to Tampa. I think ESPN's uh, power index had his 30th or 32nd. Even the local media people are saying we should tank for Caleb Williams, this, that, and the other. Baker comes in, says, hold my beer, $95 million against the cap. Still paying $35 million to the other half of Bacon's face. He comes in with a rookie offensive coordinator, a head coach. Everybody wants gone. All he does is win, baby. He did it at OU. He lifted Cleveland. Hey, by the way, Cleveland, kick back, relax, kick your feet on the sofa, enjoy the uh, snowstorm. Hang on, hang on, Jim. I think Baker's playing through. He's got a six iron in his hand. It's 72 degrees down here right now. He's loving life with his aqua shirt coming into the game. But anyway, War Baker finally putting that ashy cigarette face coach Sirianni out of his misery. He put that cigarette butt out yesterday. Now we're going to blitz Jared Goff like there's no tomorrow. Let the panic set in. And then we're one game away. I'm out. Thanks. Dude, great call. Great, great call. So glad I made that decision. You see, like I said, I'm going to play the hot hand. That was a great call. Rack him. Ryan in Tampa. Did he say anything that wasn't true? Baker didn't get the memo. He never does. That's why I love the guy so much. He didn't care. He's like, I've got an opportunity. All I want, just let me get in the door. Give me a chance to compete. That's all I've ever wanted. That's all Baker's ever wanted, a chance to compete. 
a chance to prove himself, a chance to win, a chance to make some plays. And he did, and he got in there. And as I mentioned earlier in the program, when they're saying to this guy, a former number one pick overall, a guy who actually won a playoff game for the Browns of all franchises, hey, yo, 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 no, no, we're not guaranteeing you anything. <laughs> not that much money, that's for sure. No, not even a starting job. Not even a starting job. You need to beat out Kyle Trask. Nothing against Trask, but you got to beat him out. Well, nothing against him except that Baker was a former number one pick overall. But he did. He did what he had to do. Spirited competition. Won that job. Won that locker room over. Took care of the division. Got to the postseason. Took care of Philadelphia. Now they advance. And I think you're right. Jared Goff's going to see a lot of pressure. But then again, there's going to be a lot of pressure in that building. I like that game. That game's going to be fun. Bucks v. Lions. Who would have ever thought, well, the Lions coming off the year they had last year and the way they finished. But we're talking about the Bucks and Lions, each two games away from the Super Bowl. Winner of that game is one game away from the Super Bowl. Winner of Bucks v. Lions gets a shot to play for a shot in the Super Bowl. It's incredible. And they're all locked. Everybody is locked the hell in. Let's go to Sacramento, Sacktown. Ryan in Sacktown. Hey, Ryan, what are you doing? Hey, what's up, Jim? You're right, man. It has been a good day on the phone. A couple calls away from Emmanuel Decamoo. Parody Larry's AI program works well. So things are good. Um, Eagles fans, look, Tampa did us a favor by putting you out of your misery yesterday. Even Alview was tired of hearing about you know, Jalen Hurts, is he going to wear the glove or not? But here's the bottom line. Turn that frown upside down, Jeffrey Lurie, Eagle fan. Your season may be over, but you still could, took a crap on Bakersfield. Hell yeah. That's not a call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. Ryan, I know you think that was genius. I know you think that was so funny. You're wrong. A Jeffrey Lurie, turn that frown upside down. Wait for it. You still took a crap on Baker's field. I see what you did there, Ryan. It's stupid. You're still horrible outside of the beef segment. That guy, you know that guy. Spent half the night thinking of that line. Then it came to him. He's like, hurry up, clock. Hurry up, clock. Come on, Rome. Where's 9 o'clock? Where's 9.01? Ah, damn. He's doing one of his long opens. I have to get to my, you still took a crap on, quote, Bakersfield. Most Ryan thing ever. Yo, way to bring the proceeding to a grinding halt, dope. (laughs) Oh, Rhino. Dude, I'm making this whole point about round a big day on the phones until you get on the phones. But then again, you know what? My fault. My fault. I should have known what I was getting. I just got kind of caught up and started believing you clones. That was my first mistake. Started believing you callers. There's no way we end on that. I need a better call to end on. Let's go to Michigan. Connor in Michigan. Good to have you, Connor. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Jeff? Good, dude. Good. 
Uh, just, you know, to comment on uh, that last guy's take about Baker Mayfield, I just got to say, Jared Goff is nobody's poor man. You're coming into the lion den. You better be ready. I think that's fair, dude. I think that's fair. He is nobody's poor man. At least the Staffords are handling their return to Detroit well. Neither of them are very happy. First, Matthew caught some heat after the game when he was asked, you know, what did it mean to come back or what was it like to come back? And yes, you were treated rudely, but overall, how did it feel? And in other words, the media gave him every opportunity to say, how happy he was for the city of Detroit, for the fans of Detroit, the long-suffering fans of Detroit. You know, those very fans that treated him so well over the years, and he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't bite. He said, I'm happy for the guys over there. I'm happy for the guys over there. So nothing for the fans, nothing for the city. And then Kelly, of course, went Kelly and said, yeah, well, those fans were booing my kids. Probably Kelly, I, I don't know. I don't know, and I don't want to really give you what you want, attention. And I don't really talk about players' wives, except you do make it about yourself, Kelly. You do. I don't know if they were booing your kids as much as they were booing you, frankly. The kids were just standing nearby. I mean, what did you all think? What did you expect? What did you expect? What kind of a reaction did you expect? A standing O? They're in it, man. They didn't want you to come in and wreck their dream season and stab them in the heart. What did you expect, Staffords? Come on. We can get into that tomorrow, perhaps. But yeah, you're going in. Baker and the Bucks are going into the Lions, Dan. That place was fierce. I wanted to hear from Tina yesterday, but she stated her age, unfortunately. So I couldn't get a sense from her what it was really like. Let's go to Kansas City. I think I've taken more phone calls today than any day since the smack-off. Scott in Kansas City. Hey, Scott, what's up? Jimmy, what is up? Scott, what is up? Hey, man. It's beautiful in KC. We're going out of town for the first time in the Mahomes era, but it doesn't matter. He's still the best player in the league. Thanks, Scott. And water's still wet and the sky's still blue. Way to honk, honk. Hey, Scott, thanks for making it better, except you didn't. Scott, you know the show better than that. If you're going to get run, get run gloriously. Don't get run like that. Come on, man. They are going out of town, though. That's an amazing stat, isn't it? That Patrick Mahomes... He's made 15 appearances in the postseason, playoffs and Super Bowl included, and never once played a game that was not in Kansas City, except in the Super Bowl. Doesn't mean he can't. Just means he hasn't. It's it's a wild, wild stat. Boy, they looked a lot like themselves, didn't they? Did they look a lot like themselves, though, or did they run into a Miami team that was never who they were supposed to be or who they were made out to be who had to play in frozen temps? I'm going to say yes. A little bit of both. Yeah. Man, I so badly wanted to end the day on a good phone call. That's not it. Hey, Scott. Respectfully, dude. 
thanks for nothing. Come on, man. You know the show better than that. For the ones who get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call or click Granger.com or stop on by. My thanks to Aaron Jones, running back for the Packers. He was locked. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network Insider. You know what, Clone's good job on the phones. Most of you. 80% of you. XR4TI, good job. All of you. Thank you very much for listening. Y'all have a great day. See you tomorrow. We are out.